Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Todd Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. Hey there, welcome to the Talk Republic episode 24. I am Carolina Gusik and today we have a fantastic guest. Her name is Dana Pugh. Dana is a family, wedding and commercial photographer based out of Calgary, Canada. She's also an educator and in addition to her fantastic pricing class, she has a very active Facebook group. I am going to put all the links to her work on the notes of this podcast. Now, this is a pre-recording audio from a live video we had on Facebook. And if you're interested in joining our live videos, just make sure that you like our Facebook page under the Talk Republic. So you can participate on these conversations and ask questions directly to our guest. How cool is that? Until then, just grab your headphones and enjoy this conversation. You are joining us live. Thank you so much for being here. I am Carolina Gusik, the founder of The Talk Republic. And today I have with us the amazing Dana Pog. I am super excited. She is a family photographer, wedding photographer, commercial photographer based out of Calgary, um, Canada. And she is about us. So Dana, welcome to Talk Public. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, sure. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm good. You know what? I'm going to correct you on my name, but it's oh, Dana. Yeah. It's okay. It's the hardest. It's Dana Pugh. Ooh. It's the worst. It's the worst name ever. And it's funny because the other day I was making fun. I was interviewing Jennifer Mower mm-hmm. and, and we were talking about our bad last names and I'm like, nobody gets Pugh right. <laughs> There you go. So Dana Pugh is in the house. I've been saying for months your last name wrong. So there you have it. <laughs> That's okay. Everybody does. Everybody does. So Dana, that was like a really broad presentation that I did for you. And I think that, you know, deserve more credit. So what about you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, what people join us. And for all of you that are joining us live, just want to let you know that you can share with your friends. You can tag your photographer friends because this is a topic that I'm sure people want to hear about. Okay. So I have been shooting for 12 years and I've been in business for 10, uh, 2017 was my 10th year. So this is my 11th year in business. And I uh, photograph primarily families in the Calgary area, which is uh, also in the Rocky Mountains of Canada. So it's a very beautiful place. Um, And I do a handful of weddings, uh, a little bit of commercial work. I have a I have a studio now. I just got a studio a couple of years ago. So um, I've been growing and evolving for every year of the 10 years. I've tried really hard. In 2010, I was named the first ever uh, International Child Photographer of the Year by the National Association of Professional Children's Photographers, also known as the NAPCP. And a couple of years ago, I started talking about um, pricing when a good friend of mine, uh, admitted to me that she was really, really struggling. And, uh, yeah, now I'm like, uh, stomping the pavement, trying to convince everybody that, or trying to convince everybody that, you know what, we should talk about our struggles as well as our successes. And so that we can learn from each other. Cause I think sometimes social media really, uh, we get caught up in this idea that everybody is being so successful. It looks like everybody's so successful. And then when you sit down and you have an honest conversation with them, you learn that that's maybe not the situation. And so it's created this whole industry of uh, people who have no idea how to price, who have no idea how to market, who think marketing is about Instagram. And uh, we're, we're having trouble 
just being successful, meeting our own definitions of success. I think, I mean, so many amazing things that you said about, and one of them is like your definition of success. I think that that is quite important when you start talking about pricing, because we see it all over the internet, a six-figure, a six-figure class, a six-figure month. And what if that's not what you want? Or what if what gets to a six-figure is not something that you can commit to right now? Or whatever the case is. So I think that is quite important to understand what you your personal definition of success is and what are you really wanting to get out of your business, right? And I think, I think those classes, this whole idea of a six-figure photography studio really, or like a six-figure month I've seen, which is like a ridiculous concept is the truth. Um, but the, I, I, I meet a lot of people come to me and they're like, I don't understand why I don't have a six-figure uh, photography business. And I, I believe, or I've been told that I can do this part-time and make six figures. And I'm like, that's not true. You can't have a full-time income from a part-time job. That, that's like a fairy tale. And the reality is that if you want to make photography a full-time income for you, it has to be a full-time job. And so it's a lot of what I talk about, especially with moms, because a lot of the people I talk to are women with children, is, you know, there's seasons in your life, and sometimes there's just not enough time to run a full-time photography business. So what exactly do you want from your photography business, and how do you make it work for you? And what does that mean as far as income goes? And uh, what do we charge so that we can get there and truly have a successful part-time business if that is the season of your life that you're in right now? I think that's super important. I think that because perhaps social media or just perception of people, it seems that photography is like a very easy thing to do, right? You don't need to go to school for it. You really don't need to be that so get a camera and magic starts happening without you know you have to put any effort into that and for the people that are listening to the podcast I'm doing air quotes because that's not the case so I think because of that perception there is also a lot of misconception about pricing right I right. see a lot of perhaps newcomers or people that are using photography as a side hustle which it's fine you know you start we all start somewhere but they think like oh I'm just you know charging $200 because having an extra $200 is great which is yeah. fine, you know, if I'm walking my dog and I come across $200 on the floor, that is amazing. But when you start putting the work and you start seeing buying your equipment and doing really treating this as a job, then you start understanding that spending 200 or making $200 out of a family session is not all that great, right? There is so oh, many yeah. layers to it. There really is no pathway to success, no matter what your definition of success is, I promise you that I've done the math with hundreds of people now, there is no pathway to success charging $200 and giving all the digital files. And it's crazy that as an industry, we're not talking about this and we're just letting our clients dictate uh, what they expect instead of like taking a look at the math and creating a sustainable business so that we can like grow with our business and our business can grow for us. That's so good. One thing that we really agree on, right, is that there is not really a, a formula that is going to apply to everybody, right? It's not. Right. So if you're watching this and you think that Dan is going to be like, oh, X plus Y equals equal C and ta-da, magic, maybe you're up for like an awakening here because <laughs> pricing, I mean, numbers don't lie. That is right. a fact, but pricing has so many layers to it. Totally, There is so many things that you need to consider when you are doing your pricing. So what about you share with us, what are some of those things that people should be considering with like coming up with right. numbers? Right. Well, I think it's so funny because I see that a lot. Like I, people will ask me, can you just like, tell me, just tell me what to charge. Like what's the magic number or tell me how to do this. Like everybody just wants a really quick answer. And I think that it also speaks to the, this time where education for photographers is so available. It's right at our fingertips. If we want to know something, we can have the answer within 10, 15, 20 minutes. And so what that has created is a huge problem in the, uh, in trying to teach business and pricing, because there is not really an answer that you can give in a 10 minute time frame. It takes much more time than that to really get to the nut of everything. And so it's so hard, but when you're like, some of the things you need to consider 
And I think the biggest thing you need to consider that people don't really um, appreciate is workload. Like um, how many sessions can you actually manage in a year? And a lot of people will say, I want to do three, four sessions a week. You know, when I first meet them, I'm like, do you, you realize like that's a high volume business, the custom um, type of session that you want to provide for people. It's really impossible for you to do that on an ongoing basis. Like it's okay to do it in September or for like one month or two months. But the idea of you being able to do three to four sessions a week, every week for 50 weeks of the year, because assuming you're taking a two week holiday, it's really an impossibility. And people don't really, we don't talk about how many sessions we do as photographers. And it's hard to know when you're creating your pricing structure, how many sessions are truly manageable and not just manageable to get but manageable to be able to do true I mean I think that again because a lot of people perhaps transition from like a corporate business into a photography business and it's just oh it's just you know a couple of sessions here and there and they you know they're missing a huge component also which is like yes if you want to do this as a full-time then you need to consider your lifestyle you need to consider how much are you going to put into retirement now that you now that you are your own business owners? How much uh, your insurance is going to cost? How much your I don't know your vacation is going to cost? If you get sick, how much this is going to cost? And I yes. think those are aspects that get completely overviewed by the the romance of like having this like creative yes. outlet. And I think a lot of people start with that that vision that is like oh it's a romantic you know business like I love it I love photographing people and the money will come. And I think before we go down that path, we need to, you know, like think about really what's at stake here, which is your livelihood, right? Yeah. yeah. And and like you said, all the expenses that come with running a business, I think a lot of people don't take that into consideration either. And they don't take into consideration the amount of time it takes to run that business, to do the marketing, to all the back, let alone all the back end work of one session, you know, like, and for, and for sure, we know clients don't consider the back end work of a session. They think we go there for two hours. It's easy peasy. We snap a few photos. We hand them over. And it's like, no. In fact, it's so funny. I was at a wedding this weekend and uh, a chef was sitting across from me. And he said, can I ask you a question? How long? He said, first off, how many images will you shoot today? And how long will it take you to just go through those images? And I said, I'm going to shoot 6,000 images today and it will take me two days to upload backup call. And I haven't even touched a photograph in that time period. It's just about file management. And he was like, you know, that doesn't surprise me because we just tried to like go through our own images from our phones to like create books. And he was like, it took me weeks. I was like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't, why, how are we supposed to keep track of all these files? And he's like, it was the first time I thought about it like from a photographer's perspective, like, wow, like watching you shoot all this, it must be a big job after the fact. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. It's huge. And I think that again, people, clients don't get to see the behind the scenes, right? We just show up, we roll, you know, we get the camera, we take a couple of pictures and two days later we have a preview on Instagram or we have a small gallery. So again, like on our end as photographers, I think that it's up to us also to talk to teach you know clients how it is that this doesn't happen clearly overnight i understand that we want to please people and yes having a little bit of a speed in your business is going to be great but when you are coming home after a wedding shooting for nine hours and then you're staying an extra three hours so you can have like a preview for them the next day is not fair to you it's not fair to your family it's not fair to your business and it's creating really a little bit of unrealistic expectations yeah and I think that when photographers are first starting, they really come into this industry with the same mindset as consumers and clients. And they think, oh, like I, I, I remember taking a workshop once with a big name photographer and he said, you know, I started photography because I wanted to be a rock star. And he's like, I thought that if I was a wedding photographer, I could work just the weekends. And I was like, that's crazy, right? It's a crazy concept. But that's what I think when we're starting our businesses, we don't appreciate like how can we how can we appreciate exactly how much work goes into the into the running of a business and the creation of images 
and all of that, you know, like, and even the education side of things, like my husband's an engineer and every year the company he works for sends him to update certain pieces of his education, whether it's like safety education or, you know, file management education or working with client education. Like every year he gets multiple opportunities to do that. And a lot of people, when they're structuring their business and thinking about how much to charge, they're not thinking about that as a cost. And how many times have I heard a photographer come to me and say, it's not a cost if I would spend it anyways. And I'm like, yes, it is. It's a cost. Like if you're taking a class on how to get better pictures with light, like, yeah, maybe you would take this class even if you didn't have a business, but it's still a business cost and it's getting you close to being a better photographer. And that's part of what you need to charge for, charge your clients for. Yes. Another thing that I see a lot is people asking around, you know, what, what's like the rate going. And I think right. that's also a misconception because they're like, okay, but how much are you charging? But if you're charging $200, I cannot charge more than $200. So they are basing right. their pricing on what other people are doing. And I think that is a huge mistake that needs to stop right here, right now, because you I should, agree. again, you should be charging what your lifestyle demands for you to charge, right? If you live in the Midwest, probably you're not going to charge the same as if you live in New York City or you're not going to need the same amount of money to live. Or if you have kids and if you don't have kids, you know, like so many components. So what would you say to people that are looking around within the industry to see what others are charging and why they need to stop that or, you know, address it in a different way? I think that that particular notion that we need to price ourselves within a certain bracket that we perceive is happening out there is what has gotten us into this situation and what has caused me to create the photographer's revolution and teach my pricing course because okay there's a number of layers to it but really a even if you could take a look and see what the what the range of people around you are charging, even if you could, you are not the best person to decide where you fit in that range. Okay. We're all super hard on ourselves. We're going to place ourselves lower than where we truly are. I promise you. The other thing is, um, you have no idea if these people are successful or not, or if these people are making any sort of money or if their husbands are funding their business or if they're just hobbyists and they shoot once a month and they're just trying to make money to go to Disneyland. Like you have no idea how much money they're making. So the, um, so it's very misleading. Okay. Plus whenever I have said to people, like so many people have come to me and said, I'm the most expensive photographer in my area. And I said, and they're like $500. And I say, I promise you, you're not. And then I go and I Google their area and within five minutes, I can find two or three photographers who are charging a sustainable rate. And I'm like, you just aren't really looking at the market and you have no idea. Plus like where I live in Calgary, I would say the market for a family session, like including the family session and the files, let's say that that price ranges anywhere from $50 to $3,000. So how do you know, like that's a huge range. So where in that uh, range do you fall? Who, how, how are you going to figure that out, right? Like it absolutely makes no sense. And I do think that consumers are super confused by it. And it's our job to sort of just situate ourselves where we need to be to make money and then uh, worry about marketing ourselves to people who actually understand and trying to explain to co consumers and clients why it is that things cost that much. So I see a lot, for example, in local groups, right? And they say, you know, there is this family, they're looking for a photographer, their budget is $200 and they need the files, a canvas, an album. Yeah. Like the client is dictating what he is going to get out of that money. And I see yeah. people like raising their hand, like, yeah, I'll take Like it. 80 people. Yeah. 80, like, like, I mean, not just one or two, like 80 people. It's like, it's like that Nutella uh, riots that happened in France, you know, people are like, move out of my way. I need this client. And it's like, you are like, you're, if you're building your client, your business on clients like that, you are not doing yourself a service. You know, you're doing your family a huge disservice. And, and I talk a lot about that in my pricing class about how like 
my husband, he was the one who, like I started out at $200 and he was like, we can't do this. It only took a few months for him to say, this is impossible. You're going to be doing this forever and we're not going to make any money and we're never going to see you. If you're going to make money, if you're going to have a job, you need to make enough money for it to matter to our family. Like you can't just go out there. Who gets to have a hobby for, for 30 hours a week? Like nobody, nobody in a family, in a partnership gets to have a hobby for 30 hours a week. Like, you know, well, well, it's not fair. While my husband goes off and works 40, 50 hours a week, it's not fair for me to have a hobby where I'm making like $10,000 a year and uh, to come home and or to take all that time away from my family. It makes no sense. And, and in Dana Lore, the biggest, uh, I would say this, everybody's heard it, I'm sure. But my husband said to me, um, I'm sick and tired of subsidizing wealthy people's family portraits. It's time for, he's like, I work hard. I work hard and I'm not working hard to subsidize their portraits. It's time for them to pay what they're worth. And um, we've gotten really off track with that as an industry. And certainly consumers are way off track with that. And it's time for us to sort of rein it back in and create uh, some more sustainable businesses for everybody so we can make a living. Doing yes. what we love. That was yeah. good. I think that a lot of people suffer from a little bit of like fear, right? Yes. So when you go and you work for a corporation, they tell you how much you're going to make, right? It's up to you if you're going to take it or not, but nobody's taking a job that is not going to pay for their bills. Right now, yeah. why do you do this in photography? drives me absolutely crazy because it's the same thing, right? It's your job. And if it's not, if it's not making your needs for your family, then it's not going to be worth having. Right. Right. But I also believe that because when we become business owners, the responsibility lies on us. Right. And we have to put the face to tell to a family that this is going to cost you, I don't know, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. And then it becomes like a like a personal matter, right? It seems like right. people can, you know, negotiate, you feel bad, you don't want to disappoint anybody, you don't want to make no friends. So you start like cutting down on the things and you're like, well, maybe I can give them a discount. They're just having a rough time. Not, nonetheless, they're driving a BMW. Everybody has a new iPhone. Everybody has a Louis Vuitton purse, but I'm yeah, just going to yeah, <laughs> give them a discount because they're going through a rough path. And yeah. why is that? Like, we need to switch really the mentality when we're thinking about pricing, because I mean, this is how you pay for your house. That's so. right. And it's funny because one of the things that I have noticed in pricing in my pricing class is that a lot of people, like the first thing I do is I say, how much money do you want to make? You know? And people are like, this isn't, why do I need to decide how much money I want to make? I'm like, well, if you were going to work for a corporation, what salary would you demand? Like, why aren't we starting there? Why aren't we at least working towards earning that? And then as soon as you actually start to take a look at what you need to make for a salary, like, I don't know, I know it's different everywhere, but in Alberta, where I live in October, the minimum wage is going up to $15 an hour. If your minimum wage at $15 an hour, if I worked full time at a minimum wage crap job, I would earn $30,000 a year. That is something to think about because many photographers aren't earning $30,000 a year. And I'm running a business. It take, And as much as you think, oh, I'm only doing it 20 hours a week, or I'm only doing it 15 hours a week or whatever. You never put, when you when you own a business, it's hard to turn it off. You're working on a lot of evenings, a lot of weekends. There's a lot of time away from your family. And uh, you need to be compensated for that. And, you know, I live in a city where the average house is $500,000. Like, I need to earn a decent income. And if I went, if I left my house to work a different job, I certainly would demand $75,000 as a salary at least. So why wouldn't we demand that of ourselves when we're building our business? And people are just afraid to ask. And the truth of the matter is, if they had done the math, and just for easy math, like if we say, okay, I'm charging $500 flat rate for the session in the files and I want to make $50,000 a year, which isn't much. If minimum wage in my area brings in 30000 50000 is not much. And so let's say you want to make $50,000 a year. 
like even without expenses, without taxes, without anything, you can see you need to do a hundred sessions to just get from $500 to $50,000. Now add on top of that expenses, taxes, all the other parts of running a business and you can see, right. So like, and the honest truth is if you want to make $50,000, there's no way you're going to bring home $50,000 without bringing in at least 75, 80, you know, 90, you can watch your, you can watch your, uh, expenses and, and barely spend anything, but you know, you're going to have to bring in enough money to get to that 50,000. So you know, in fact, that there's a thing called the PPA benchmark survey that says to make 45,000, you need to bring in 104,000 or something like that. It's like 42,000 after taxes, after expenses. And uh, if you need to bring in $100,000 to get to $50,000, then that's 200 sessions. In nobody's math, have I ever seen a photographer who is able to manage the workload of 200 sessions a year. Not that's at all. We have 52 weekends. So exactly. just right there is like a crazy number. I know people are like, oh, I'm going to work on a Tuesday and a Thursday and a whatever. I'm like, no, you're not. Because clients like sessions on the evenings and weekends. It's just the reality. And in like some areas, evenings aren't possible because it gets dark at five o'clock or whatever for a good part of the year. You have to be realistic about workload and you have to be realistic about salary and what you want to earn at the end of the day. And we're not being realistic. And the, and the other piece of that that makes it really hard, of course, is this idea that now we, we are expected to create art, but not charge for our art. And we are expected to give our art with our time, which is what's happening with this idea of session fees plus the digitals in an all-inclusive thing. We can't be artists and not charge for our art. Like, even if you're giving the digital files, that's your art. Like, you need to charge for that. And the, I think the piece, the reason why people don't want to do that is they don't want to hear that uh, a client doesn't want every single image that you've shown them. And we need to get over all these fears and these things that are holding us back and start to create businesses that work for us and not our clients. Or maybe a bit <laughs> I th- Yeah, I think that people people seem like, they're like, oh, you know, it's, it was just like a small session, really, you know, to print a couple of prints. It's, you know, a print cost $2 at the lab. So why am I going to charge, you know, $50 for a five by seven? That seems outrageous. But again, you are not charging for paper and ink. You are charging for your time, your expertise, you, your style. You're charging for like so many different things go into that piece of product which is a five by seven yeah there was this story about picasso that i heard once that i loved it and he was already older and he had already i mean picasso experienced some fame and richness in his life as a you know as an artist and he was at a cafe and this woman approached him and she was like oh i'm a super fan picasso do you mind throwing a little something for me and he was like yeah of course and he got like this napkin and he does like a little doodle whatever he did and the woman went to get it. And she was like, thank you so much. And he's like, no, 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 ma'am. That's going to be $10,000. And she was like, what? Are you crazy? It's on a piece of napkin. It took you literally two minutes. I watched you do it. Like, what do you mean $10,000? And he said, yes, $10,000 is just a piece of napkins. It took me five minutes, but it took me a lifetime to master this. So that's what it's worth. Yes. So I think that's something that we need to consider when we are, you know, pricing our services. It's not only you showing up to a session, it's like everything that goes into creating your art. Yeah, it's funny because we fight about it as photographers all the time. Like, is it art? Is it not art? You know, where I always sort of say there's like this scale between technician and artist and everybody falls somewhere in there. Like some people are more technician than artist and other people are more artist than technician. And, you know... But it doesn't matter because if you're a technician, you're learning all the skills it takes to make that technically perfect image. If you're an artist, you're bringing the creativity and your vision and the technical skills as well. Sometimes not such such great technical skills, sometimes better, you know, but there's always something, some piece in there that it has value. And we are forgetting to market that and forgetting to get paid for that. 
That's like the piece that's missing from every, but in private conversations amongst photographers, I know that photographers are saying, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. You know, I'm sure. doing this because I want to be an artist. And I'm like, if you want to be an artist, you got to get paid for your art. It's reality. Being a poor artist is not fun. So. Yeah, no, being a poor anything is not fun. And you know what? And it's not just that. It's like when clients undervalue you and you're getting clients who don't pay very much, you're not, you're getting horrible clients. Like client, you know, it's funny. Cause this week I had a client, I had a mentor student say to me that she had two clients this week. Like, this is the first time it's ever happened to her. And she's like, I don't know how to respond. And she's like, they got back to me and they were like, you're, you're not properly priced for the area. You're too expensive. And, you know, they gave her kind of crap about it. And she's like, nobody usually says anything. And I'm not sure how to respond. And I said, don't respond, have a glass of wine. Those aren't your clients. I'm telling you the people who don't value photography or who think you're just there to take that one picture of them all sitting pretty, the picture that they have in their mind that you can't even see like there's no way you know they're not your client the people who are your clients are the people who see your work who understand what you're doing and want that work and uh yeah I just feel like there's such a difference between the $500 clients and the $2,000 clients in the level of trust in the level of understanding and the level of commitment as far as the process and what it takes to get a great image um It, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. If you're a $500 photographer and you've never had a photo, you've never had a client pay you a decent amount for your photographs. The first time you do, it just completely blows your mind. It, it does. And I do agree with what you said that, you know, that we need to search for our clients, but it also seems sometimes in the web, in the photography industry, like, like a, like a unicorn, like a story, a fairy tale story. And people tell you, yeah, you need to go and find your clients, but let's be real about it. How are we going to go and find these clients? And I did a previous podcast episode that is titled The Difference Between the $100 Photographer and the $1,000 Photographer. And yes, you don't have to be the best photographer to charge more money. What you need to do is add value to your experience, the experience yeah. that the clients are perceiving, because that is another thing. You know, everybody wants to make money, but they don't want to put the work. And That's I right. run myself a boutique oriented studio. When I talk in the talk Republic about the experience that I give to my clients, I really, I, my husband tells me that I babysit my clients and that's how I like it because then it in their minds, it represents the money that they're paying, right? It's completely different when you go and you can experience this at any local level. Let's say that you like to buy your vegetables at a whatever store. And Trader you know, Joe's. If no, only there was a Trader Joe's in Canada. Why yeah. can't we have Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's, listen to this. Please come to Canada. Oh my God. So you can have <laughs> a store in another store that is not Trader Joe's. And then okay. you go to Trader Joe's and you're like, you get a completely different experience. So you're getting the same product, but the way you're feeling about it is completely different. The way your interaction with the brand is completely different. And I think there is a lot of power in the value that you give to your brand. And that's going to help you raise your prices. That's if somebody's asking for, you know, why are you so expensive? Then you have, I mean, not like you need to explain this to anybody, but if somebody asks you, you have kind of like the receipts to back it up. Like, listen, I charge this money because this is exactly what I do. And there is a price attached to that. So I think that, When creating pricing also, and you can agree or disagree, tell me that people need to also value what they do and add an amazing experience for their clients. That's right. And I think that's why the, I totally agree. And I think that's why this whole idea of in-person sales has really started to become super popular. I'm going to be honest and say, I don't do them. I have done them before, but I think there's other ways to create a positive experience for your client in a an experience that adds value and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the sales end. It can be, no. but like for me, I feel like my experience comes from working with me and that, Correct. They, that during the session, they love me. They love the session. They have the best time. I make sure that the set, I do whatever needs to happen during the session to get the images that I want. And sometimes it's about speed for some clients, for other clients, it's about time for some clients. It's about having a good time for other clients. It's about, um, taking a deep breath, you know, and it's about, it's my ability to be able to read people. That's 
what adds value to it. And so yeah. I, so I think that it's important that we don't get caught up in thinking that there's this one answer for everybody. There's like this, and that the answer is in uh, working harder as far as spending so many hours with clients trying to sell them stuff. It doesn't have to be that. Cause I think that has, scares a lot of people, this idea of having to sell to people. And so that's why they undervalue and undercharge themselves and they don't yeah, understand that the value lies in the unique experience they're giving their client. That's, that's what I wanted to say. I don't think that you have to do, I don't think that only people that do in-person sales are successful. I, yes, totally. really, I, I've known, I've known photographers that don't do in-person sales that are super successful. I've done, I know people that have done in-person sales and they're very successful, but exactly as you said, but I mean, it has to be like on the experience that you provide to your client, yeah. like how your client feels, how they trust you, the things that you do. And there is many layers to this. You can do, totally. you know, just, just the simple aspect of you to, show up to a, like a new location to understand their needs not to be like oh i just photograph everybody at the same park right yeah. to understand what they're really looking for on a photo shoot so little things like that is what i think are crucial for the business and adding you know into this pricing situation totally so that's important so we have a couple of people here on the chat we have hold on a second uh, Mary says, Dana, you really need to reach the video market. Your, where is the comment? Your message is powerful. I like this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so very, very nice. So let's talk about a little thing that is people saying, photographers in general, let's say we're going to use the $500 mark, right? And they say, well, I charge $500 and I cannot charge anything more. Like that's, right that's the cap for me because that's what people are willing to pay and that's all what it is what's the mindset that needs to change over here what do you i think it's the i think that a couple of things happen I, and i see this particularly with women although some men have issues with it too but um i think that a lot of women don't see value in their time because they sort of see that their job as secondary to their spouses in providing their family income. And so it's an unimportant amount of money. So if this is what the market is dictating, I'm just going to follow along with it. And they're missing this piece of like, you know, your family loves you and values you. And when you go out in the world to work and you're spending time away from them, you deserve to get paid a decent amount. Um, I think there's a bit of that. Like, it, and that's like a huge piece that I'm just starting to try to understand this uh, that women, this piece of why women hold themselves back because we truly do. And um, so there's that piece. But I also think that it's a fear that they won't book every client because at $500 or at $300, you need to book every client that comes your way without question. But at $2,000, I don't. I only need to book the clients that come my way, that fit in my schedule, that, um, really feel a connection with me. And I know that at the amount that I'm charging that nobody who doesn't, who like I've weeded that out, not just by my online presence and who I am, but by the amount I'm charging that like, nobody's going to pay for my services unless they truly value it and see a difference in what other people can provide. Good. I had this conversation with several local photographers because they say like, Oh, 500 is the max. And then yeah, when I tell it. them, when I tell them like my average, they're like, but how is that possible if we live even in the same zip code? And yeah. I'm like, again, that's, you have it's to get time. out of your comfort zone. You have to start thinking outside the box. You cannot let the market dictate what you are going to charge or be afraid of losing a couple of clients. Because again, I said that if you are booking every client is because you're charging too little, right? It's totally so, right. And you know, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's this fear of, um, actually really having to do the work and figure out what to charge and how to make it happen. And, um, you know, and it's this fear of not being able to give them everything that you want to give them and of hearing crit criticism from clients and we have to get over that. And, you know, I feel like there is a limit, there is a ceiling to all inclusive. And I say this in pri my pricing, I'm like, listen, if you want to be all inclusive, it's your business. You get to do whatever you want. But here's the reality. 
there's only so much value that a client can put on things that they haven't seen yet. And they haven't seen these images. When you're saying, I'm a $500 flat rate and you get all the images. I feel like we're picking on the poor $500 people, but (laughs) you know, it's true. 500, 300, 700, whatever it is. Um, Because I feel like in Calgary, where I live, the ceiling for flat rate for all-inclusive is probably 750. And you better be pretty good at 750. But here's the thing. There is a ceiling because they haven't seen the photographs yet. But once they see the photographs and they love them, it is much harder for them to let them go. So what we're, this fear that we have of like having to actually listen to what our clients like and don't like about our work, it's actually ridiculous because it's so much better when you charge a small little session fee and then they have to buy things after the fact, they fall in love with them. And the things that they say, you get such, you get all the positive feedback. I barely get negative feedback. I get mostly positive. And when I get negative, it's always kind of jarring, but I always just take a sip of wine and (laughs) digest it. It's all good. You know, like it's part of business is getting negative feedback, but I'm telling you, they'll, there is a cap in a, in a consumer's mind about how much value those photographs have until they see them. And then once they see them, that cap goes up considerably. I think, as you said, it's easier to get somebody to, because let's say somebody finds you online, they really don't have any referrals from you. They just came across your work via Instagram, Pinterest, whatever, you know, whatever social media. And then they're like, per se, you're like, oh, my fee is $1,000. And then they're going to probably put a little bit of like a wall up because it's like, "Mm, I never met this person. Why am I going to have to handle all this amount of money? But if you have a lower entrance fee and then you charge more for the digitals or for the products or whatever the case is, then they already trust you. As you say, they saw the images. So now it's going to be really difficult to like let go of them. So the way or, or how to make money could be easier for you as a photographer also because your images are speaking for yourself. And you start to like book sessions because you have these lower session fees and you say, that's just for my time and talent on the day of the session. It does not include any prints, products or digital files. You buy those after the fact. And here's the thing. You get to choose the images that you're going to buy from the images that I think are the best. And so then what happens is uh, you're able to overcome so many obstacles with that. Like it's, it's a, a, a wonderful little piece that you think that I think so many people are missing, you know, and and it's funny because, you know, like if you think about 15 years ago, you know, when my daughter was nine months old, so, and she's 13, we did an extended family session and we paid $7,000 for our portraits. Like that's how much people used to make back then. I I fell on my trail over here. I know, (laughs) but think about it. I have had $7,000 sales, but not very often, but like back then it was, they didn't sell the files. They only sold prints. You know, you had to buy framed pieces of art and albums and everything like that. And when that's the situation, you know, for photo- we used to, clients used to pay a lot of money for family sessions. We, not that long ago. And all of a sudden, now that in the digital age, we think that the digitals have to go with our session fee. We need to give them away. And we're missing this piece that the digitals are a product. They're your art too, and we need to charge for the digitals the same way we're charging for a print, a canvas, an album, whatever, all the pieces. Just to explain for people that are watching us or listening to the podcast, I think we have a very similar business model where we charge a fee, an entrance fee that doesn't include any prints or products. It's just our time, and then people buy a la carte the products after this session. Or collections. Or collections if you have. So we have Angela here. She has a question, and and she asks, what do you tell them when they want to know how much your digitals are on top of your fees? I tell them the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. I just, I'm I'm very clear, and it's on my... In all my pricing, it says that my session fee is for my time and talent on the day of the session. And you buy your photographs after the fact. And uh, my, I have two types of sessions. One is called an adventure session. It's like a documentary type of session. I do a limited number of those in a year. 
Um, I used to do 50 a year and I've, I'm now limiting them a little bit more, but, uh, because I have a studio and all sorts of other things on the go, but, uh, I average about $2,300 a sale on those sessions. Uh, they're a little bit more time consuming. They're a mix of documentary and traditional portraits. It's, it's what I like to call true lifestyle. I think mm-hmm. we sort of gotten away from what lifestyle really is, but it's in my head, true lifestyle, which leans a little bit towards documentary. Um, and then I do traditional portrait sessions as well. So my adventure sessions, I earn 300 to $500 session fee, depending on weekday or weekend. And, uh, my packages, I tell them the digitals are $1,500 and my packages range from a thousand to $2,000. And after they buy a package, they get, uh, a discount off of a la carte items. And they often buy wall art through me. I suggest they buy wall art through me, um, I have a whole wide range of albums and a lot of people buy albums as well and or add on coffee table books or high-end albums. I have a range, like I said. And then in the studio or on-location portrait sessions are much cheaper. Uh, they're $150 session fee and uh, the files are $1,000. And every, like I, last year, I actually just added this two years ago to my lineup and last year, I did a great deal of these, and um, two people didn't buy the files. And one of them bought $700 worth of prints, and the other one bought uh, my lowest collection, which was which is $750. So it was still worth my time. I, I also got from my portrait session, one of my biggest sales of the year last year was $5,600, I think, in total. And it came from a, sim- a simply portrait session, not an adventure session. So I feel like <clears throat> we're missing the boat by just giving them files because once they have the files, they're not going to buy product, but we don't know what clients want. We're all just assuming that clients want all the files, but if we show them beautiful albums and beautiful fine art prints and um, canvases and everything that's available to us, they often buy more because a lot of people don't have time to make their own albums or to print their own prints. Correct. They value, so, they value doing it, paying you to do it. A couple of great things that you talk about here is, one, super important so to be upfront. No, I love this. Super I'm so verbose. <laughs> That's my, one of my favorite words. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love it. So okay. one of the things that I am super, super pro and that, again, I see people in the industry not doing it, it's like they don't show their pricing. They're like, right. oh, no. no. How, how can you book a client without them knowing how much they're going to potentially have to pay. So when I get an inquiry, the first thing that I send is my pricing here. Take a look at it full on pricing. I don't, it's not like I disclose my pricing after the session. That for me sounds completely crazy. Yeah. So be upfront with your pricing. And two, as you said, if you don't show it, you can't sell it. So if you are thinking right now, like, Oh, I have never, not once, sell an album I want to ask you how many times have you shown an album to a client right right most likely if you are showing beautiful products and they can touch it and they can feel it they're gonna be like excited or at least considering the option of getting that so again start thinking about what kind of value are you gonna add to your sessions and how are you gonna start pricing yourself so you can start making two thousand dollars per session if you're giving yeah. your digitals away for $500 with the session fee, then really there is no room for an upsell, as you say. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny because I always, I've always sold albums, but it's because I, a long time ago I did my own family session and I really, I paid the photographer. It was Tara Whitney. I paid Tara Whitney to create an album for me. And it was, it's, it to this day is like one of my favorite things that I own. And it was such a learning experience for me that, oh, clients would probably like, albums you know because I really love them and so then I because I really was passionate about the product I started selling a lot of it and then two years ago when I got the studio I started having clients come to my studio for things like headshots for sometimes for newborn and maternity and family work as well for mini sessions and they started to see all my product and touch it and feel it and see I have like a huge wall of uh pictures and it's people, so pretty. I'll put the post. It's, it's, <laughs> and, um, and everybody buys prints now. Like, you know, and I, it was such a learning experience for me. It's like, I wasn't really trying before. I did try a little and I w- did have some success, 
But honestly, I sold more product last year than ever before. And uh, it was such a learning experience that, you know, people just need to see it. Like I have these little tiny sessions called Too Cool for School Portraits, where I do like a very, what I call character portraits of kids. It's a five minute session. It's 50 bucks. It's on a special day in September. And uh, people come in the studio and you get one digital file. It's really just for fun. It's a fun thing. It's not, it's more of a marketing uh, piece for me. And um, honestly, I had a, an $1,100 sale from a too cool for school portrait. And I was like, you know, this is fascinating. It's just because they came in the studio, they saw the big prints and, and they had two kids to be fair. So they had two kids. They bought, they both bought the complete set of digitals from both kids, which is $200 per kid. So that's $400 right there. And then they bought lar large prints, three very large prints, and it came to like $1,100. And so it's just a learning experience that, you know, you think you know what your clients want, but you're doing a disservice to them and to yourself by not offering them more choice. I love that you are, you are not putting yourself into a box. You don't say, I'm just a family photographer and that's all I do. You are very open about the opportunities that come your way. And I think that's right. another thing when people can miss an extra income, right? People are like, oh, I just photograph families and that's all I do. When in reality, maybe when family season is over or is very slow, maybe they kind of start doing, I don't know, commercial photography or I don't know, what have you. So Whatever is comes your way. <laughs> It is cool that you are very open about that being like, it's totally cool to do different, you know, genre, genres of photography, so long as you do them well and yep. to, you know, monetize on that. And I think that people think when somebody approaches you for a headshot, for example, I do a lot of headshots right now. Um, you think that they want some preconceived idea of what a headshot is, but if they've seen your work on Instagram or on your blog or social media, or you've done their family sessions They want your work. They want you. It's just my HelloFresh. Does everybody Ooh. get HelloFresh? I It's used like to get HelloFresh. I love <laughs> it. I'm super busy right now, so I need it. Um, so you think they want this like preconceived idea of what a headshot is or what a newborn session is if you don't do newborns. But they really want your vision. If you're correctly marketing yourself and showing the work that you do, they've seen something in your work. That means that's what they want to purchase. So if they're coming to you for something different, don't assume that they want you to do something that's out of your wheelhouse. Explain to them what is in your wheelhouse and how you can do it uh, with your um, with whatever tools are in your toolkit. It also is a great opportunity to expand your skill set so that on years when there's a recession in your area or something's going bad, you can make you can still earn enough money to survive. And um, it's also an incredible marketing opportunity. Like I just got hired in January. I did a set of, for us, one business in town started using me for all their headshots. So I did a ton of headshots for them. And I've booked since two family sessions from that group. So I'm just like, I think sometimes we limit ourselves and there's this notion in the industry that you have to be specialized, that you can, that you should say no a lot and all of this. And I just think that's garbage. I think you should only say no if they're trying to lowball you. That's so. right. I mean, you should say no to people who aren't, who are mean, who are not kind. You should say no to people who are rude. You should say no to people who don't value you, who are trying to get a discount. Just say no and walk away. But other than that, if somebody's willing to pay you and they see, you can see eye to eye to them as far as like the creative side goes, I think you should say yes. It should be yes all the way. Yes. Awesome. You, we have spoken a lot and I love this, yeah. but in order to keep this, you know, like timely manner for, you know, our viewers and for you. So you can, I know it's been a long time. I'm very close. <laughs> and so, Chewy, and Chewy. Chewy, people want to see Chewy. They're saying Chewy here. Chewy probably look. won't come now. Chewy. He's mad at me. He's no, mad at me. Chewy and all Chewy. that. So, <laughs> I think one big piece of advice. I know, I know people perhaps were expecting like a formula, but then we talk about the layers of pricing. One big advice that perhaps you can give to somebody about where to start, how to get a better pricing, what would this be? Uh, split it up. 
like I said, I think it's the best thing to do is to separate your time from your art. That's the, the biggest piece of advice I can give you. It's a great place to start. I also think it's a mistake to think that you could start low and work your way up to oh. higher rates. I think that the best piece of advice that ever was given to me was by Cheryl Muir back in the day um, where she said, you know, she just told me you needed to be $1,500 per session to make a go. And it is actually, I've done a lot of the math for a lot of people. And I'm telling you, no matter where you live, it's between a thousand and $2,000. And uh, I think that, so I was like, what do I do? I'm just starting out. It's $1,500. I, how am I ever going to charge that? And she's like, just say, um, I'm going to be $1,500. But right now I'm portfolio building. So there's a discount off that. So it's uh, 50% off. And that's a way better way to go than, and then to sort of shrink the discount as you go. It's a way better way to go than to start at 750 and try to work your way up to 1500 because a client who charge who pays $750 without realizing that one day you're going to be 1500. That client probably is not going to follow you from 750 to 1500, but a client who knows that you're $1,500, but they're getting a discount. They'll probably stick with you a lot better if that makes right. sense. So those are, those are the two biggest pieces of advice I have to people to give. And I know it's a tough go and there's unfortunately no like formula or easy answer as far as market, the marketing piece or the pricing piece. Um, I do offer classes and I also have the photographer's revolution Facebook. Yes. Group. So tell, I mean, before you continue with it, yeah. I'm going to just add to your formula to like split it up. I'm going to say, have an end number in your mind. Yes. Like if you yeah. want to make $100,000, then you need to start pricing. How many sessions do you want to make a year? And then that's going to kind of like give you an idea where you need to start with the pricing. Yes. So if you guys want to know more about this topic that is fascinating, is complex, it has many layers, Dana, please tell us you have a class for all of us. Okay. So if you join the Photographer's Revolution Facebook group, it's a private Facebook group that... I will um, tag all that information here so people don't need to go crazy looking for it. I just, I started it to try to help people because I, genu I genuinely want people to be helped. Um, and uh, I do some audio interviews just like here, just like Carolina does. And um, I do some Facebook, crazy Facebook lives. And a also lot just of like, Facebook lives that I love. Dana goes almost daily and I really like it. I know it's been slow lately uh, because I'm in the middle of my four week mentor program. But uh, once I'm through that, uh, it'll be busy again. Um, so uh, go to that group. In that group, uh, I always announce whenever I am teaching a class. So I teach a pricing class and I just am launching, uh, I'm just doing my first round of marketing right now and um i just give you the real truth about my own experience and um we talk real numbers and everybody in the group shares a lot it's incredibly helpful and uh i'm about to launch i keep saying this it was supposed to launch it's for over a month but i'm super behind uh, i have plans to launch a photographer's revolution uh, website that will have all these classes available for download eventually so it's just Fantastic. taking time i know it's amazing to do so Dana, we want to thank you. I'm going to kind of like read a, a, a comment that somebody just posted here that yeah, is sure. quite interesting. Carly says, Carly is one of my students. I also have a class and we'll talk about that some other time, but she is one yes. of my students. And she says that I live in a town of 7,100 people and I just had a pre-consult with a single mom with a minimum wage job. She values my work and she has saved up for a session with me. She's been saving since December. After seeing my products in person, she wants two large canvases for a specific wall along with some gift prints to create a cute gallery. She knows my prices and is thrilled about serving, about my service, which makes me thrilled to serve her. Carly, way to go. Way to go. And you know what? There's this thing. There, like Most people would have had a preconceived idea about her. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't get family sessions every year. They only get them a couple of times throughout their family's history. And they, they, are, they want a great product to represent that one opportunity that they took to get family portraits. Awesome. So I think just to reading this comment from Carly and kind of like to close up here is she's doing a service for a single mom that has it's, you know, in a, in a minimum wage job and she values this and Carly, she doesn't feel like she is doing her 
favor. Carly is also providing a service that this lady wants. So it's a mutual relationship. Both of them know their part on their business. And I think this is quite important. Also, when you are a photographer and you value services, you need to think that what you're doing is not just like for funsies, but what you're doing is actually making somebody's life prettier, I guess. That's right. I, I like to think when people have canvases on their wall, I'm always like, you know, whenever you get in a fight with your spouse and you walk by the family photos on your wall, you sort of like remember, this is why we're doing it all, right? I love it. Yeah. Diana, I'm so happy that you are a part of the Talk Republic today, that you share with us all of your knowledge, your time. It was super, super highly appreciated for everybody that stayed with us till the end. Guys, thank you so much for joining us live. I'm going to post a, a link to her group because you should all join it. It's really, really tons of valuable information there. And thank you so much for being a part of like the Talk Republic. I love it. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. It was fun. Awesome. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.